from ABC News Radio, KMET 1490 in Southern California. This is Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with your host, Tyler Jorgensen. Welcome out to another episode of Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio coming to you uh, on the all across the airwaves and the internet since 2010. Really grateful to have a cool guest today uh, who is a specialist in entrepreneurship of the e-commerce type. Welcome to the show, Brian Bowman. What's going on, Tyler? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. So Brian and I have kind of a funny journey because our, um, our circles overlap a lot in a lot of ways. So we, have, we know a lot of the same people. So it almost felt like we already knew each other, but we've only talked once for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Um, so I'm really grateful you were, you were, you know, willing to come on the show so we can get to know each other a little bit more. Yeah, um, dude, for sure. For sure. So, yeah. We, we connected a little bit at funnel hacking live, uh, this last time. And it was funny when I came on, like my first thing was like, dude, I don't think we've actually ever talked about each other's background, but I knew a lot about you. I knew kind of things you had been involved with again, just cause our circles overlap. So, yeah. right. And I got to know you a little bit because you actually spoke from stage at the last funnel hacking, but um, I just learned something new today that you, uh, you actually came from the world of professional golf. Um, and so why don't for our listeners, you give us kind of your backstory of how, how did you become an entrepreneur? And then we can go into the granular of like how you chose the path you chose. Yeah, for sure. So, um, probably like most entrepreneurs, uh, you know, there's a certain, you're kind of born with it. I, and to some degree, I think you can, you can cultivate the habits and the mindset and all that, but some degree you're born with it. And I had both my parents were entrepreneurs. I kind of always knew I literally as a kid, it was so weird. Like we would, a, a field trip for us, like me and my mom, uh, was like a trip to the Nightingale Conant store in Skokie, Illinois. It's like, literally I would, as at like 10, I was picking up all these books, like think and grow rich and stuff. Um, but anyway, so I always kind of knew I wanted to do that. I struggled in school. I was, I did well, like I was smart to a degree, but I just like, I don't know, I couldn't stay still. You know, I just was always thinking about something else. Uh, when I got out of high school, I just knew I needed a break before college. I tried college so many times, man. You don't even know. Like, it's crazy because I would go, I would start and be like, all right, this is the year. I'm going to like, I'm all in. I'm going to get my degree, like all my friends. Because back then, entrepreneurship wasn't cool. Like being an entrepreneur, like you were basically, you were like too dumb to go to like a real school or something. Like it was, it was not cool. Like your, your parents don't brag about that. Like they would now. Um, so I tried, I tried so many times and I just couldn't, I just couldn't stay still. I literally at that point, I was like drawing stick figures of guys hitting a golf ball, like on a, on a course. And my brain is just somewhere else. I had been a good golfer. I'd been a good amateur golfer. So I was like, all right, I really wanted to see if I could play at the highest level. And I think I've always been driven by that. Like if you, I always, I remember always thinking like, if you can't be the best at something, why do it? Like that was always my attitude. Right. So um, I had actually started a business and when I was 22, um, it was a document management company. So I was, I had started some other businesses, but they flopped, but that one actually did pretty well. I was able to buy a home, buy a car, you know, it was, it was profitable. Um, I was managing records for medical billing companies and stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, like in true entrepreneur fashion, I burned the boats. I knew I, I, I've always kind of tried to live more curious than afraid, you know, and like, I knew I wanted to pursue this golf thing and, uh, we sold everything. I just gotten married, uh, to my beautiful wife and yeah, man, we, we sold everything like the house, the car, everything. I took a check, went to California, turned pro and played on the mini tours and it was awesome. And then, uh, a 
tea shot up back from a drive into your eyeball. <laughs> and, and your <laughs> listeners can't see this, but I actually, yeah, I have an eye patch like the, right. the man, of, man from Hathaway. Um, but yeah, so I, um, anyway, I, I sustained a really bad injury to my shoulder and kind of had to make a decision. Like, it's hard, man. I don't know, Tyler, if you've kind of been through this, but when your identity is tied to something like so closely and then especially as like when you're dreaming, you have a passion for something and every day you grind, you grind, you grind, you believe in yourself, you know, you can do it. But then when you kind of face reality, you know, in a sense, it's like, it's taken away from you. And all of a sudden, like you feel naked, like you feel like you, you're nothing. Right. And I, I went through a really hard time for about six months because I knew I had to make a choice. I wasn't going to play golf. Um, but you got to do what you got to do. So yeah. I snipped out of it, got a degree, finally got that degree. Um, I was always kind of good at math. So I started, uh, went down the math route, became an actuary. You, your listeners may or may not know what an actuary is. They can Google um, it. No, I don't. I, I don't take care of birds. For right. some reason that, <laughs> that one has come up before. Um, they're like risk, like risk assessment guys. Like they deal with stats and stuff to make dis- like good decisions, good business decisions. And right. um, yeah, I did that. And um, yeah, that's, that's kind of when I did that for a little while before like, you know, my, my true calling starts, starts calling me back. So, so you, um, you know, it sounds like growing up an entrepreneur, having parents that are entrepreneur always, you sound like you were probably always dabbling in a couple of things, always having ideas at least in many things. Um, at some point you started getting involved with Amazon and selling on Amazon, right? Um, is, was that kind of your first foray into the physical product world and e-commerce? Yeah. So, um, and you can actually still make money doing this by the way. Um, so I would flip textbooks. Like that was the first thing I ever did on Amazon. And that's when, you know, I hadn't really, now I'm like, you know, like, like you, Tyler, like I'm a student of marketing. I've got, I've got everything from Ogilvy to Kennedy, like everything in my bookshelf here. And I study it. But back then, you know, you just, you're just a consumer. You don't really understand the psychology and stuff. And that was my first time where I understood that people have their own habits and their own worldview. And you never one, never try to change someone else's worldview. Like you have to figure out what they believe and, and you have to conform to that and project what their desires are onto your thing that you're selling. And um, it made no sense to me. Like I would buy a book on eBay for like five bucks and I would flip it on Amazon for 55 bucks. I could not, at the time, I'm like, this, this makes no sense. Like I'm buying it on an open platform. Anybody can, can get it here. Anyone yeah. can get it on eBay. But that's when I realized some people just trust Amazon and they don't want to buy from eBay. Or maybe some people love eBay and Amazon is bad. You know, who knows? Um, so that's the first thing. And then uh, that was kind of my first understanding, like e-commerce selling online. Then we actually started, we started flipping furniture. We had a vintage furniture flipping business, which again, real good money on that, by the way. Yeah. Still do that. It's uh, yeah, ah, so much fun. Like going to state sales and like you're running, like you you pick out like oh I want that chair, that table. You're like whispering and you just like a mad rush. So that's funny. And then you were, and so when when did the like when was your like revelation moment of e-commerce where you're like okay there's something here that's greater than just like a couple of flipping textbooks for some side money. Like when did you realize? man, there's some big potential here and I need to get more into this. Yeah. So it was honestly, I'd love to say that it was me like researching and you know, I like I saw an ad and it was like, Oh man, I have to do this. Um, it really was kind of out of desperation. Um, so 
both myself and just things that were going on and at home. So, um, again, like e-commerce stuff was always like a side hustle. It was a way to pay for vacations, you know, right. some extra money here and there. I was doing really well as a consultant, um, in terms of like compensation, but, um, I was so, I was so miserable, man. Like that's just the bottom line. Like I was traveling, I was working 80 plus hours a week. I mean, management consulting is like a rough road, you know? Right. Um, traveling over a hundred thousand miles a year. It was just intense, insane. I was never home. Um, super stressed out. And then lots of personal stuff started happening. Like, I mean, I won't go all into it, but like my dad passed, my mom got sick. And then it's like, it, it, like my whole world is sort of coming down. And, um, at that point, right around this time where I kind of make the shift, my, my wife, I shared this on stage at Funnel Hacking Live, but my wife, um, she started getting sick and um, it, I knew, I just had this feeling like what I was doing, first of all, I was going to have to be home more. I was going to have to have more time. I was going to need more flexibility and I was going to need more money. Like that's the bottom line. I, I was, I, I needed to make more money because <laughs> this, I knew this thing was going to be expensive. So out of desperation, I saw an opportunity with what we were doing. And I actually at first went really hard at the vintage furniture stuff. Like I started like going crazy, like buying inventory and flipping And My garage was like full of all these vintage chairs and mirrors and all kinds of stuff. And then that's when I saw FBA and like how much money people were making. Like that was back when literally Tyler, it was insane. Well, you, you probably remember is like, you could literally sell like selfie sticks and make like a hundred grand a month, like, like nothing. It was crazy. There was no competition. Um, cell phone cases, like anything, any random commodity that you can find around you, you could sell and make a fortune. It was crazy. Um, and then when I started, it started getting really competitive where you actually had to do some research. It was back like 2014, I think is when we got serious about it. Um, and yeah, bottom line is, man, it's like we went, I went hard. Like I would work all day, come home seven o'clock at night, eat dinner, 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. It was like hustle. I, I had a setup in the basement and all day long, I'd be having conversations with China. I'd be Skyping, we'd be, be ordering inventory, ordering samples, like all kinds of stuff, creating logos, everything. Awesome. So you went big on, you went and said, okay, we're going we're gonna to scale up Amazon. And now obviously you're right. Like the market continues to evolve. It's a huge marketplace, right? And mm -hmm. what I think is fascinating is when I first opened my first Amazon seller account, and I think it was probably 2009 or 10, right? I mean, it was a long time ago. And I did the same thing. I just kind of got sold some books and stuff. I didn't really even treat it like a business. Um, and then we, we sold some supplements there. And I first saw the, like, the power of the sales velocity that can happen on Amazon with a product that we just sent to Amazon Fulfillment because the offer we were going to run didn't end up happening. So I was left with inventory. And all of a sudden, I was selling 25, 30 units a day of this product that would, had just been sitting in my garage. And I'm like, man, I'm not even optimizing anything. I'm not doing anything. It's just sitting here and there's that many people buying this product. And then I had like doctors buying it and, and order for their clients and the reviews were coming in. I'm like, man, if you were actually managing this and scaling it, yeah. it's huge, right? So how did you kind of navigate that growth cycle? And maybe what were some of the big lessons in that first wave of working with Amazon that still apply today? Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of how I got educated and how I learned, it was just grinding, man. Like, honestly, I was, I just, I immersed myself in everything I could find, right? Whether it was podcasts, books, like I was reading online, like everything there weren't, you know, now there's so many courses and it'll walk you step by step and how to put the keywords in the back end and everything. Now, back then it was kind of wild west still. And, you know, it was just immersing myself. And that's one thing I would say to anyone, I don't care if you're going to do e-commerce, if you're going to do 
you know, you're going to start a brick and mortar, whatever it is, like you have to go like all in and immerse yourself in it because it's in the nuances. It's really interesting. You can get to zero to 90% really quick, but like that 90 to hundred takes time. But a lot of times, like that's where like the little nuances is nuances are we can get that little competitive advantage, you know? And um, so I think it's really important to immerse yourself. But anyway, um, so, I mean, challenges, I mean, well, there was the big challenge, which I can talk about, <laughs> which is the biggest one of all. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just I, probably all the same growth stuff that entrepreneurs go through, like self-doubt and, you know, cap, you know, it was capital intensive and trying to find the money to scale. Because once we started selling, it was good. But had we, I mean, I'll be honest, like there's no way we went to six figures a month within like six months. Um, but had I not been able to get access to capital, I think we ended up it wasn't much. It was probably like 25 grand I needed up front just to fund like extra inventory. Um, like had I not had that, I don't know that we could have grown as fast. So capital is obviously a concern uh, in e-commerce. So that was one challenge I had to kind of navigate. Um, but the biggest one was just, you know, the, the moment of truth day really for me is like everything, you know, I've quit my job. I've, you know, things are changing at home, like what's going on, but right. it's okay because we're making money. Everything's good. And then like the day, the day yeah, of truth. You know, and I, I think that uh, victim of our own success happens in, in businesses a lot, right? But it's not the one we talk about because the people that are struggling to even find success don't, they can't empathize with that. They can't connect with, you're doing so well that your business is struggling, right? They, and so we don't talk about the, the challenges of succeeding too fast or without a plan, but that can be just as bad as a, a fa other types of challenges, right? And so- um, you know, you scale really quick and you start all of a sudden you got to become a student in supply chain management and, you know, lead time and bullwhip and all this kind of stuff. Um, I mean, when I, when I took my first supplement company from doing direct to consumer and added on wholesale, it changed everything. Cause all of a sudden I'm, I'm manufacturing, you know, 10,000 units that are being, you know, for a totally different type of buyer, a totally different experience. And, uh, and so you've got to continue to be learning. Right. And so, um, I, I love that you, your line that you used earlier that you said you want, you always strive to live more curious than afraid. Yeah. Because I'm amazed at how many people put their head in the sand like an ostrich, right? And just don't look at the challenges because they're, they're too scared to go discover a new way to get around it. Um, and, so, and that's the thing yeah. is like, when you look at people who are really successful and they're, and it seems like they're making things happen, like they're scared also. That's the thing. Yeah. Like courage is not the absence of fear. It's facing the fear and saying, screw it and going forward anyway. Right. Right. So it's, everyone's going through the same challenge. We're all human. I think it's just that extra bit to like, just there's an answer. Like you have to have that mindset. Like there is an answer. We'll figure it out. And yeah. that's in business. That's in life. I mean, we're, we're still facing that personally right now. Right. So. Were you at um, funnel hacking in Dallas? I was, yes, ago. I was, I was. And then, so there was a one night, um, we, there was like a, uh, James P. Frill, you know, obviously he yeah. had a dinner and it was like Alex Hermosi was, anyways, it was all the, it was everyone in that's in the inner circle and then me and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> those guys, <laughs> but it was just all, it was a great dinner. Right. And I was sitting there with like, uh, like Rob Cosberg and Alex and a bunch of people and like Trey Llewellyn came, came over and we were all talking about, um, you know, major changes that he had, he was going through with his continuity model. And what I realized is everyone at that group who I would say are highly successful in their niches and in their fields. The one thing I found is that they were all willing to talk about their failures 
exactly with the same energy in the same like tone that they talked about their successes. Cause to them, it wasn't, it was no longer their identity. It was just the, the things they dealt with in business. Yeah. Um, and so, and I, I learned so much from just that, that like secondary piece of what happened. It wasn't necessarily what they were saying. It was so many times entrepreneurs think they can't talk about where they failed because they're going to lose credibility or they're going to lose, um, you know, the authority piece, but really it's our failures that like where we learn the greatest amount many times. Um, and so, Oh yeah, there's, yeah. Yeah. We have a saying in jujitsu. So I I love Brazilian jujitsu and and in jujitsu, like, um, my, my, my father's professors, like he, so my, my professor's a Gracie and like his dad was actually the oldest Gracie son. And there's a saying, he's like, you, you, uh, you either win or you learn. That's, that's the, uh, saying at the gym. Right. I love it. I think that's powerful. What, um, so what is it that like you, you scaled and you were able to navigate some of that rapid growth. Um, what would you, what are the pieces of advice you get for Amazon sellers maybe entering today? Um, wow. Okay. So number one, and, and again, I, I didn't touch on this, but I think it's important is to the, to the narrative and like kind of how I got to where I am is, and the, like the realizations I had was when, like I was kind of sharing with you before is everything was going smoothly. Uh, life is good. We're making money. We're scaling. We, we got this thing figured out. And then literally everything comes to a crashing halt. And I'm in this moment again, where like the walls are crashing down again on me. Um, like they were before when I would have to figure out a way, like, how do I, how do I get out of this, this spot I was in? Um, and yeah, I remember I was checking my phone. Any, anyone who's listening to this, who's an Amazon seller knows what I'm talking about. You have your app, and you refresh it and it's like addictive. It's kind of like checking your strike, right? You're just always right. like, oh, how much should I make today? Um, and just the numbers were way down. I went to go check and like, again, if you're an Amazon seller, you know this because it's in the back of your mind, your heart starts racing, you're freaking out because what if it's what I think it is and it was, our listings were getting shut down. Like our number one listing that was doing six figures a month on its own was shut down. Then the other one, then the other one, then the other one. By noon, everything was off. Our wow. whole seller account had gotten shut down. And in that moment, it was like, oh, crap. Um, like, what do I do, right? I have no job. I've quit my job. I have all my responsibilities. We've got inventory coming in. I've got inventory s- sitting there. I have no way to move it. I have no list. And that's when I kind of realized, uh, you know, a business without a business, uh, a business without a mailing list is not a business, you know? So you always, that would be my first piece of advice is like, Amazon is amazing. It's the 800 pound gorilla. You want to leverage it. And especially if you build a successful, you know, Pro, like if you test a product and you're getting and you're making money from it on Amazon, you can use that to leverage your off Amazon buying pro and building out that buying process. So you can start, you know, building your, your, um, your customer list. Um, so I love Amazon. I think it's amazing. And, but that would be the first thing is like go into it knowing that a business without a mailing list is not a business. Like just, just know that. And if you go in with that frame of mind, then sweet, like launch it. Like I, one of my clients right now, we have, you know, basically have two programs and uh, one of our programs, he's, he's ultimately going to build his off Amazon funnels and stuff, but he's launching a new product. So he knows like the game plan, but right now we're pointing all resources at Amazon. We'll, we'll rank it, we'll get it built up and then we'll start building out his funnels, you know? So that would be the first piece of advice. The second is like, this is life advice, but it will help you no matter what niche you're in is today, like make a commitment to yourself that you will purposely and like painstakingly seek out opportunities to surround yourself with people whose success makes you uncomfortable. 
are so freaking successful. You feel out of place. You feel less than like make a point of seeking out those relationships. I love that. Um, and I, so as to kind of recap, like the first one is one, no, like have a bigger strategy than just Amazon, right? Yep. You don't ignore Amazon. It's huge. You should absolutely be tacking it. Like you said, you don't sell it. If you don't yeah. sell on Amazon, if like you don't list your products, someone's going to list your products. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen that happen several times with pretty big brands where I'm like, okay, like let's get you selling here. And they're, and somebody else already is <laughs> yeah. now we've got to go through like, okay, now let's go through, you know, brand protection and all these other things that we've got to work with because they didn't go first. Um, and then, uh, but, and then second or surround yourself with posit with, or with people that make you feel uncomfortable. There's a real common like trend right now or thing that people are sharing all the time about like, Hey, cut out toxic people from your life and do this. Right. And I agree to a degree, right? I think anytime you have to also look at yourself, right. Or potentially have you communicated there's a problem and then whatever, right. Then look, are you being, are you actually the problem? But to like continue to look and, and grow your circle with people that make you want to grow. And sometimes they may be wildly successful in, in Amazon sales, or they might be wildly successful in something else, but there's that old saying that success leaves clues, right? What, yeah. uh, so what have, what have you done or what have you learned from some of those people that have made you feel uncomfortable because of their success? Okay. So again, please, if there's anything that your listeners take from this, I, I, I you know, if I was, if my 80 year old self is like talking back to me, like this is, this is the thing that it, I feel like I would say to myself, like this was a pivotal point in your life. Um, so I just can't encourage you enough. If you're listening to this, like, please start doing this. Um, when you seek out these people, what, what's going to happen is so at first when you're around people who are so you, you will purposely avoid them because we are wired to run away from pain. Like that's just what we're wired to do. It's very rare that we seek, like that we value like the benefit. So when, when you do studies, right. Of, you know, do you, is there more, when they compare the reaction, I guess, of getting a hundred dollars and losing a hundred dollars, losing a hundred is always way higher of a, an emotion than getting a hundred, right? Absolutely. We purposely sort of avoid pain. And that feeling of being around people who are just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't even belong in this room. These people are like, they're going to, they're going to know that I don't belong here, you know, or it makes you uncomfortable. And then it's easy to like say, oh, but they're not happy or whatever. Like, First of all, they're actually really happy, but um, most of the time. But anyway, that's right. a different conversation. So one thing I learned was, one, you feel super uncomfortable. And I'll admit, when I first joined my first high-level mastermind, it was actually Russell's Inner Circle. Um, even though I had had like success in my niche, when you walk into the room, like no one really know. You don't really know, and all you, it's like everyone just seems like, oh my gosh, like they're so successful, right? And you don't know where, like, can you really contribute to them? Like you know your thing, like. You know, I could get some products <laughs> sold, you know, but you know, people doing seven figures a month and eight figures a month and all this crazy stuff. And then something super interesting happens. This is like the magic is all of a sudden people that before seemed like, oh my gosh, like, can I, how can I ever add value to them? They're going to see something in you and they're going to like respect it and they're going to admire it. And to you, you're going to go, really like this is nothing like this is what I always do and that's the thing about like superpowers is they seem just super ordinary to you so when somebody that you had this high level of respect for all of a sudden turns the tables on you and is like man you're really good at blah or you're you know it's interesting talking to you because you inspire me with this like when they point something out in you all of a sudden you're like huh 
you know, and there's like this, boom, like this switch that happens. And that's a clue. And you, you know, you start going down there. So yes, you're going to learn a lot. You're going to network. There's a lot of doors will open. It's, you know, it's pretty cool that you can pick up the phone and get advice instantly on some, you know, from somebody who's really successful. But I think there's a transformation that happens that's really powerful that nobody ever talks about. No, I think that's, that's significant. And, uh, you know, that raising up, right. We're going to raise up to be around. There's that saying again, right. I'm going to use a lot of sayings right here, but, um, that we're the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. So mm-hmm. like we can be really careful about who we're spending our time with. And if we can raise that up to people who we want to be more like, that's a pretty positive thing. And, um, you know, it, I always talk about, and since you're a professional athlete, right. How often people are willing to do that in sports, but not willing to do that in other parts of life. You know, if I wanted to be a professional golfer, I would want to start golfing with pros and I would go hire a pro and I'd hire a coach and I'd hire all these people. But when it comes to business, we do the opposite. A lot of times uh, people run away from that and instead, you know, hide and, and, and cover themselves up and protect their, their uh, weaknesses. Yeah. Yeah. We want to sort of, you know, <laughs> it's like you, you surround yourself with a bunch of fives so that you, you know, so like your, your seven goes to a nine. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. You're reverse beautiful minding it. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, so you've, your, your thing now, I mean, you're, you've got a really cool group called marketing for e-commerce with Brian Bowman on Facebook. I encourage everyone to go find that. Brian shares a ton of really cool videos. Um, he's got a podcast at, uh, of his own called marketing for uh, for e-commerce. I listened to two episodes of it this morning um, and it always drop in the bombs and just huge value there. What, uh, you know, you've, people are all on their own journey, right? And uh, everyone's trying to figure out what their path is going to be. And everyone's path is going to be a little bit different. Um, I'm sure you get at this point, oh, you talked earlier, and this is uh, on one of your videos that I watched about saying no to opportunities. Cause I think it's a big, one of the big challenge entrepreneurs face, right? So how do you, choose which things to pursue and put your energy into at this point. Oh man. Okay. So good. So by the way, um, I don't know when this is going to air, but I actually just talked about this on the podcast, um, about focus and how important it is. Um, but it's really interesting because when I was starting out, like back was against the wall, like it was complete desperation, right? Everything is crumbling around me. I saw like some light, you know, there was really not a lot of options for me at that point. It was, this is what I already know. Let me go deep on this and I've got to make this work. And back against the wall, there's only one exit and you're fighting for that exit, right? And it's almost easier. I almost, sometimes I think back, like kind of miss that time, right? Because then what happens is you get some success or some opportunities or you get more capital or things start, you can start getting resources, whether it's, you know, human capital or or financial capital, whatever it is. And now you got options. Now you find yourself in this mansion and there's like doors and windows and there's all kinds of people are reaching out to you and, um, it's so amazing. Focus. Warren Buffett, favorite quote ever is the difference between successful people and very successful people. Very successful people say no to almost everything. And the key is figuring out what to say no to so you can have the complete freedom to say yes consistently to the things that are going to move you forward. So the one thing, I'm just going to drop this nugget. Go seek this out. Go learn about it. Uh, there's a process that we use here in the company. It's called OKRs, the Objective and Key Result Model. OKRs. Um, it is just absolutely transformed our business. It's the same thing. So uh, Andy Grove at Intel was the one who um, really started this in Silicon Valley. Then uh, Google took it on YouTube. They, that's what they used to build YouTube. Like basically almost every Silicon Valley company now 
um, uses OKRs. It is an incredible process. I don't have time to go through it all, but just seek it out, research it. It's super simple and it's going to be your like blueprint. And if the blueprint doesn't say, you know, if there's no pool in there, then you're not going to start building a pool. Like you follow the blueprint. That's it. That's your, that's your guide. <laughs> yeah. So it's like to summarize at least a little bit of it, right? This, the very first step is knowing what it is you're actually, what is the objective of the company? Yep. Right. So then you can analyze if an opportunity being presented to you moves you closer to that or further away or just exactly. Right? And you just, you just match it up against that. And it's not to say that maybe in three months, you know, maybe next quarter right. we'll handle it. But right now you match it up. If it's, <laughs> if it, if it matches, if the, you know, if it matches, if it aligns, then you do it. And I think that's the, like the FOMO that entrepreneurs deal with is they're like, well, if I don't, if I say no to this opportunity, somebody else is going to do it, or I'm not going to see that opportunity again. And I think most of us at this point are starting to realize there is no shortage of new, of opportunities or new products or new things to launch or new customers or new students, right? There is an abundance of it. And, uh, and if we don't say no, we'll never help any of them. Uh, yep. But that's so, awesome. So that, yeah. and, and that's the second thing. <laughs> that okay, there's, cool. there's four mindset principles I discuss. Focus, the next one's abundance. So there you go. We are, Tyler, awesome. we gotta, we gotta yeah. talk, man. I'm We're digging it. Brainwave, <laughs> like, uh, I mean, uh, wavelength yeah. here. So, and it, to me, as we get kind of close to the end of this interview, to me, business is about creating lifestyle. Um, I'm not one where, who's driven just business for the sake of business. Um, some people are, that's, a, it's a game for them. To me, business is about creating a lifestyle I want for myself and my family and, uh, and for those who I interact with, right? Being able to have freedom there. What's one major item on your personal bucket list, not a business goal that you're going to achieve in the next 12 months? Personal item. Oh, okay. So, um, my, so I'll, t I'll talk a little, so my wife, my wife has been, um, she's actually it's been about a seven year battle of this, with this, with this issue she's had. And um, so she got diagnosed with Lyme disease a few years back and it's just been a struggle with that. And um, it comes with a lot of complications. I won't get into that. But one of the things we've done is, you know, I've tirelessly, I've committed, like we are going to get her healed. Like that's it. And she's made some strides. She's made some progress. I shared some of this, like I said, at Funnel Hacking Live, um, but we've had a chance to go to Germany twice. And both times we always go out there saying, when we go, like, you're going to get better and we're going to, you're going to, we're going to be able to go and now take a trip around Europe. We'll be able to go to Paris. We'll be able to go to Spain. We'll get a, like a condo, uh, like right, right by the water. And we'll just chill for like a month out there. Um, and both times we've been there, she hasn't, she hasn't been able to, we haven't had that flexibility. So that would be, to me, that would be a win on so many levels where like to just go, go a place chill for a couple months somewhere in Spain. It would awesome. be a win on like a bunch of different levels. That's cool. Yeah. I can see why that would be more than just like an, a standard vacation. I mean, my, I was finally, I took my wife to Italy for both of our first time, just a couple, uh, last month, I think it was, and it was a big milestone, but it was just a fun milestone, right? This yeah. would be combined with a, a huge health, uh, milestone for you guys. So best wishes to that. I really hope it works. Um, encourage you, anybody listening or watching this on YouTube or Facebook or wherever you happen to catch it, please um, go learn from Brian. He is the kind of guy who just loves to share and, and give massive amounts of information away. So check out Marketing for E-Commerce with Brian Bowman on Facebook. And from there, he can take you down a rabbit hole of a ton of information. <laughs> um, so highly encourage you guys to go check out Brian. And now it's your turn to go out and do something.
Thank you for listening to Biz Ninja Entrepreneur Radio with Tyler Jorgensen. Please make sure to subscribe so you're first to hear new interviews and episodes. If you found this podcast to be valuable, please share it with a friend. Don't forget to visit our online dojo at bizninja.com to claim your reward for listening to the show.